Hi, everyone. We are back. Welcome to Orange Power Half Hour. I am back with my dad, always Shane Smithton. My name is Shelby Myers. Um, dad, it's been a while. We have a lot to talk about. It's been a crazy offseason for the Pokes. It has been a really crazy offseason. I, I think I don't think as an OSU fan, a lifelong OSU fan, I've ever known less about the football team going into a season than this year because of all of the turnover with the transfer portal and and just uh, you know all of the the craziness basically that that's going on these days in college football. It's been wild. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. Hence, um, some of our sellout crowds already with really not much of a reason to be sold out other than, than the last bedlam. Um, but I do, I think the majority of alumni um, are very curious and um, unfortunately maybe a little less curious after uh, the game on Saturday. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I guess let's, yeah, let's do start with, with one really big positive right off the top, which is the the fact that they've sold out the season tickets and, and I was probably like you, just, uh, you know, the, the second half of last season did not go well. Um, right. You know, we, we were setting undefeated at one point with a, a pretty sizable lead over TCU and everything looked good. And then the bottom kind of fell out of last season. And uh, it was so bad that we didn't do a podcast. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was bad enough that we that we maybe even quit. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think uh, I do think there's some positivity or curiosity or some combination thereof that caused people to go out and buy tickets. And that's, that's great. I cynically probably like you thought, well, some of this is, is people buying tickets for the last bedlam, but, but that doesn't really explain selling out the suites and selling out the club level. And it certainly doesn't explain selling out the individual tickets for central Arkansas and South Alabama and both those games on an individual game basis have been sold out. So I guess the, you know, that's the first great positive thing is that uh, OSU faithful are, are supporting, uh, you know, supporting the team. And so that part's good. Yeah. The, the one thing that we always, one thing that we always preach on here have preached in the past is about being loyal and true. And, and that's, that's what it means, especially after, and you know, what we would deem in, probably unsuccessful season last year um, to have everybody still come out and, and show up and be rowdy and spend, spend their hard earned money on, on showing up and supporting the pokes. We can't, can't say enough good things about that. Yeah. And, and that's another thing too, you know, we've had some sellouts there in Boone Pickens stadium where all of the tickets were sold, but the stadium wasn't near full. And that wasn't really the case the other night, the other night, uh, you know, the stadium was, was very full. Uh, you know, I'm not saying there weren't any empty seats anywhere, but there weren't, there weren't a lot. Yeah. Since we're on the topic, dad, you know, we've done a rowdy review and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm giving mine uh, four, four Marshall stars out of five. Um, I think, you know, selling out that first home game when you're typically not playing um, anybody worth a ton, which we'll get into that later. Um typically speaking, but I, I, I'm really proud of our fans for showing up and, and staying for out throughout the majority of the game, even though it didn't go probably as great as we all would have wanted it to, but I'm giving them yeah. four. 
say, yeah, same for me. I thought that was that was a, a big deal, and um, and glad that people stayed. A little bit, a little bit unhappy that they needed to stay just right. to confirm the outcome. But right. um, uh -huh. you know, I think that's one thing that that probably uh, I your brother actually made me feel a little bit better when we started discussing the game because he pointed out to me and, and I don't, I didn't, I hadn't kept up with this, but, you know, he said by a lot of people's accounts that central Arkansas is the second best team in, in all of, of FCS. And uh, there are some really good quality football teams in FCS. So if they are in fact, you know, one of the, the top two or three teams in the entire country, that makes you feel a little bit better about the performance. You'd still, you'd still like to be able to come out and, and dominate a team in a lower level. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if, if, if you don't, then obviously if, if that's partly because they're really, really good, that's going to be something. Yeah, I agree. I am, um, you know, when we left the, the field on Saturday, I was really discouraged. Um, and, really, really negative and thought that, you know, we, we have a lot of work ahead of us to even, you know, have a bowl eligible season. And I'm not saying that we still don't. Um, but I, my husband and I watched, uh, rewatched the game last night and it was, they are way more physical than what I saw on Saturday. I mean, I think that's a good ball club. I think that quarterbacks, I think he's really impressive. Um, even just like the hits that we took, you know, if you'll, if you'll go back and watch the game, I mean, they're, they've got some dudes on that team. And I don't think that that was necessarily talked about, or maybe I missed that part um, at the early parts of last week, but they're a good ball club. Well, you know, again, and, and you know, your, your brothers spent some time, you know, coaching college football until this season and, and specifically quarterbacks. And he knew about that. Uh, the, the, the Central Arkansas quarterback. He came out of Northern Iowa mm -hmm. uh, originally, and and is was very very uh, highly sought after when he was making the the ladder. Yeah, and and Drake thinks he'll probably be a, a kid that gets invited to some NFL training camps. And he said there's you know two at least two NFL guys on on each side of the ball for that Central Arkansas team. So again, I I don't think we were playing you know the the, the sisters of the poor or anything no no definitely I, I I wish I could have seen more from us but I will I'll tip my hat to them that I do think they're a better better ball club than maybe what you would think to go to go open the season with um but I think we should get into um a little offense and defense here I think we have to start out unfortunately with the quarterback position because it has been all of the drama for the last couple of weeks. Um, and it was still pretty drama on Saturday. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, if you look, if you look at all of the quarterbacks numbers combined, mm -hmm. you know, the, the numbers were pretty decent. I mean, I think uh, altogether they completed 64% of their passes. If you would have told me that, we would have started one kid. He'd play the whole game, and he'd go and he'd complete sixty-four percent of his passes. I would have said things probably went pretty well. Um, yeah. It shouldn't really change the answer that it's divided among three people, but at the same time, it just it just kind of does. And and mm -hmm. I guess I guess I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit because I have in the past 
been uh, somewhat critical of, uh, you know, if, if a quarterback wasn't playing particularly well, why can't you set him him down for, yeah. you know, a series or two series and let him calm down? And I still do think that's the case. But, but this is vastly different than just bringing in a guy for an inning and a half or two of relief pitching. I mean, when you're really splitting the baby up like we did, I just think it's hard to develop a lot of continuity, even right down to things like Kate's. I mean, when those guys come in, you know, their, their snap count's going to be a little bit different. Uh, the balls, you know, the, that are thrown are going to have a little bit different velocity on it. I think that is, is something that the receivers – you know, have to adjust to a little bit. So, I, you know, it, listen, it, it, if they genuinely cannot decide uh, among the three of them and felt like that's what they had to do, I guess it's what they had to do. I don't think it's sustainable to do it that way at that position long term. Yeah, I completely agree. I was very frustrated um, when, when I realized that we were trotting out three different quarterbacks. I know that's what Coach Gundy had said um, the whole week prior, I thought that was just a crock, and I thought we'd, you know, throw a starter out there and keep him out there. And I also thought it was going to be Bowman. Um, and then here comes Rangel to start the game, and and I would agree with you. I've typically been, you know, team just put out whoever is playing good that day, put him out there. Um, but I do think that it is with how complex football is at this level – I do think the earlier you can find a starter and land on one and stick with them, the better. Um, however, they all they all did play pretty well, and I really don't want to say that. I I wanted it to be, <laughs> I wanted it to be Bowman, and I wanted it to be done, and I wanted this part of of the drama to conclude and and move on with life and just have some solid backup cues. Um, but here we are. I like I said, I rewatched the game last night. Rangel's 10 for 15. Bowman is 13 for 24 with several drops um, from people who don't typically drop the ball. Um, so kind of got unlucky there. And then Gundy seven for nine. Um, so I, I don't, I don't really know what my initial reaction is other than I think we've got some solid cues, but I do think it needs, I do think a starter needs to be named relatively quickly. Well, yeah, I, I just, you know, again, from a continuity standpoint, I'm, I'm sure that's probably how all the fans feel. You'd like to have an answer there. You'd like to have some comfort that you know kind of who your guy is. And, and I would guess to some extent maybe the players feel that way too. Now, you know, if you, if you look at the performance on the field, it to some extent it, it certainly bears out what, what Mike's been saying, you know, yeah. for the last couple of weeks that you can't. You know, if you were there at practice, if you were watching, you, you couldn't tell a lot of difference. And that was that was certainly the case. I mean, if you look at the performance of the guys the other day, uh, you know, there you can't sit there and say one guy just looked head and shoulders better than than the other ones. And and fortunately, that's because they all played well. I, I don't think anybody at that position played poorly and I, I like you said I think the incompletions that we did have were primarily the result of of drops yeah so I you know I I'm sure that 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 will eventually sort itself out I you know maybe we're getting ready to see the, the first time in you know human history that somebody's split 
reps among the quarterback position, uh, you know, three ways for, for 12 games. I, I kind of doubt that'll happen, but yeah. I was happy with, uh, with the performance that all three of them gave. They, uh, you know, both Gundy and Rangel both threw for over a hundred yards and, and certainly Bowman would have, if not for those drops. Yeah, Bowman had drops from Bray, Ollie, and Green. And that's those aren't people who are going to typically drop the ball. And I would say that those players also didn't even play bad Saturday. Bowman just got the unlucky, you know, hit him in the hands and, and they didn't come up with it. Um, so, yeah, I think he would have been up there with them as well. And then the pick um, by Rangel, I think, is – way more on the O-line than really on him. And it's fourth down. He can't take a sack. Well, He's got to go up with it somewhere. Yeah. It's a, I mean, that, that that interception didn't bother me a great deal. It's fourth down and, and just kind of a desperation situation. But but I think if you're going to – in that, in that uh, post – that post that Green dropped, by the way, he that he might have scored on that. He was, he was really open in that ball yeah. hitting stride. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you you said the kind of the four letter word of the day for the offense, and and that mm-hmm. was the offensive line play. I we had heard a lot about how it was going to be vastly improved, and um, we just didn't really see that on Saturday. Um, you know, we we also had had some indication that that the Cowboys were going to get up and and run some quarterback under center stuff maybe mm-hmm. maybe get a fullback in there and run behind the fullback and run some more uh, power running game and and really saw very little of that in fact I'd have to I didn't watch the game a second time like you did but I don't recall a quarterback getting under center mm-hmm. until Gunner got under center in victory formation when the game was almost over. So I don't know if if they're holding that back. They certainly could be. Um, you know, they may have wanted to come out and and look more like we have looked in the past and not give that was the know, goal. State or, or any of our other teams down the road. Huh? If that was the goal, we did a great job of looking exactly like we did in the past. <laughs> that was what our game plan was. Well, yeah. We did. Good. We did look. We we didn't. We didn't really show any new wrinkles. I didn't think offensively, and and uh, and I I was pretty critical of the offensive line. But but again, you know, this is something else. Your your brother uh, chastised me about a little bit. He said, you know, it's tough to find three hundred pound plus guys that can you know drop back and shuffle their feet their feet you know forty fifty times a game and and stay in front of defensive linemen, it's, um, you know, a, a pass blocking and, and, and um, you know, I do think in, in some context, it's, it's easier for these big guys to come knock somebody off the ball and, and, you know, drive them backwards. And, and again, maybe we'll do more of that. I, we also had, um, you know, uh, Wilson didn't didn't play in the game. I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, that might, might have impacted uh, some of our success with the you know with run blocking. And then um, Springfield le- left the game. You know, with an injury, I hadn't heard anything about the severity of that. Hopefully, both those guys get back this next week, and and that helps solidify things up front. Yeah, I would like to think that maybe we're just uh, withholding some stuff. And I mean, I. There were good things, you know, on on a couple of big runs that we had. You know, there there's a there's a hole to run through, obviously, for our backs. 
Um, but there, I do think there was still uh, way more negatives than positives at that um, at that position group, unfortunately. And with how you know talented we are in the in the back department, I I really want to get those guys out in space. And to do that, we're going to have to win a couple battles up front. Well, that's true. But you know, and I didn't realize this until I think I, I saw some of the statistics when the game ended. And I I don't know how many carries some of the other guys got, but I know for fact that uh you know ollie only had two carries at halftime so i just you know I, I can't again you saw the game a second time i don't remember that we made a real concerted effort to try to run the football in the first half um we did finally uh kind of commit to that a little bit more in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah, maybe after it had been worn down a little bit and, and finally had some more success but we, we It wasn't like we just spent a lot of time trying to hammer away at the run game in the first half. No. And speaking of the skill player, well, speaking of Ollie, he has always been a dude, but he trotted out there on Saturday, and he looks the part. Oh, my gosh. He has had to have put in a lot of work offseason because he was thick with two Cs. Yeah, he's – In a great a, way. He's a I mean, not kid. in a great way. Yeah, no, he's 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 shredded guy. You know, he is very very fit. And I, I was very I was very pleased with all the running backs. I thought they all yeah. played well. Uh, we knew a little bit about you know Nixon from a year ago, and and uh, I, I love his speed and effort. And then I had heard really good things about uh, Elijah Collins, and I yeah, I like think, you know he he brought a hundred and fifty percent effort. You know when he was in there as well, so. I, I was really pleased with all those guys and, and pleased with what I see at the skill position, you know, uh, for, uh, among the receivers, um, even though we did have a couple of drops, like you say. So I think we've got we've got personnel to be successful. Um, we just, you know, uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to perform a little better up front and maybe we can perform better up front by you know, by, by some formation and some play call and, and some, and some of the reason we didn't do some of that may, may have been intentional. Yeah. And I, i I hope so. Um, I thought, you know, all of the skill players really did a great job and I don't know if we'll have a podcast this season where I don't just get to talk about how good Presley is. Um, but I can't wait for you to rewatch the game because I knew he played good after I left Saturday and then I rewatched it and he played so good. He's running all over the field all the time. Um, I won't know the football terminology for it, but I mean, he's running, running circles around the running back before he runs and gets in position. I mean, he's everywhere. Um, Doesn't ever seem to get tired and also still manages to catch the ball when it gets thrown to him. I just thought he played outstanding. Yeah, I thought he did too. And I, one of the, one of the, well, that the, one of the plays that he scored on was one of those that you're talking about where mm-hmm. they bring him, uh, bring him around in, in motion and, and, uh, <laughs> it was, it was like, oh, I've got Presley doing Presley things. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of what Kansas City does with Tyreek Hill or used to do yeah. with Tyreek Hill yeah. when he was there. They would bring Tyreek in motion and, and reverse the motion and, and do a lot of things uh, with him, some of which were, uh, you know, slight of hand and, and just were, um, you know, to take the, the defensive mind off where the ball was really going. And sometimes you're moving him around like that because you're, you're, you're trying to, to get him 
a head start, you know, when he's reversed field like like the other day. And let's be honest, on that play he scored on, it's not like we got a whole bunch of guys blocked. He made a bunch yeah. of guys miss. Yep, exactly. I thought I thought he did a really good job. And, I mean, I know that's what we're used to with him, but I just don't ever want him to get lost for how much effort he, he brings every play. I think um, he's really, really uh, valuable to us. Um, and then the other thing that I thought um, – offensively was uh I don't know how you feel about I think we I think we're keeping a lot of stuff secret play call wise um but I thought that that was pretty one of the it was more drastic from quarterback to quarterback with what we do what we you know threw at them so I'm curious to see how that all shakes out from the play calling department uh well, I think I think these guys. I'm I'm not sure if I followed exactly what you're saying, but I think they all have you know similar skill sets than say a year ago. I mean, you know, when you're going from uh, you know calling plays for Spencer Sanders to to Rangel or Spencer Sanders to to Gunner Gundy, you know, those guys are are more you know pocket passers and they don't have the the running ability that that Spencer does and. You know, none of none of these guys are going to, you know, completely make a living running the football. I mean, they're all going to they're all going to sit back in there and 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 throw it. That's going to be that's going to be their primary job. Sure. We just also had a lot of I guess I guess a better term for me to use is, you know, I thought play calling wise, we had a lot of miscommunication that I don't think I realized until I watched it again. Um, but oh, every yeah. every cue through a ball to nobody, um, and not that that's on them necessarily. I don't I don't know whose fault it is, but I know it's somebody's fault. Um, which I know it's first game. I know that's going to happen. You know, it's not. I don't think it was detrimental to the game by any means. But I mean, those are those we will get in games where that will be detrimental. So I thought for them to all have a miscommunication or the receivers to all have a miscommunication, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I remember what you're talking about now, and I think I think each one of them did have have one. At least I can remember certainly Bowman and and uh, mm-hmm. and Rangel both throwing balls. They looked pretty pretty confident, uh, you know, when they let them go, and there wasn't anybody in the area. So I don't know if it's a bad read on their part or a bad read on this part. But um, um, I, one other thing I want to throw in on the offense before we move on to defense, uh, you, you talked about. Um, Brennan Presley, and he was very impressive. I thought another guy was really impressive in his debut was was the Stribling kid from Washington State. Yeah, he's great. I really like him. Yeah, he's he's going to help us, no no doubt. I think he 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 was a, a more than adequate replacement at that at that position. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we've got some. I mean, we've got some dudes. If we if we can maybe figure out the Q thing a little bit better, or figure out how we're going to utilize all three, or whatever we're going to do just be all around better um, in that department. If our O-line can get some stuff figured out. I mean, I know I potential is such a, it can be such a dirty word and I won't throw it around too much, but we do have a lot of potential. I think offensively, if we can just get a few kinks figured out um, and, and quickly. Agreed. Um, so let's move on to defense. Got a new DC, um, Nardo. I know he's extremely well liked within the team, which is awesome. Um, I was extremely curious about how our defense would play on Saturday. Um, I know you were too. What What do you think? 
it's been well documented, you know, that Iowa State has run that three-three-five defense, and I think Iowa State has been the statistical leader, you know, in the conference a number of times running that defense. So that would tend to make you think, yeah, that's a good idea. At the same time, you know, Iowa State has not been in the Big Twelve title game, um, so you know, not not saying that that's because of their defense. Obviously, if they're, you know leading the league and and total defensive numbers you think that's on the offensive side of the ball i've just i've always had some question about it because of the number of times that uh, historically over the last several years that that teams throw the football in the big 12 you know these guys are good and if you give a kid a long time back to the pocket he's typically going to find somebody so i've been concerned about can we put enough pressure, uh, you know, on the quarterback to to make that defense effective? Uh, probably didn't spend enough time thinking about, you know, what does it what does it look like in, in you know from a run defense standpoint? And that was the thing that bothered me the other night. Is it looked like uh, I thought our our big boys up front did a nice job, and and I don't remember Central Arkansas having a lot of success between the tackles, but when they ran that stretch zone. Yeah. outside zone play they got outside us a number of times and then don't have any idea whose responsibility it is to pick up the back out of the backfield but they they hit the back out of the backfield in the flat numerous times to oh to you know a lot of success so yeah with no adjustment made I think that's what what was frustrating for me on the defensive side of the ball you know to to have the same uh, play or same version of the same play be successful that many times in a row with no adjustments being made that's hard to watch as a fan obviously um, I'd like to think that we'll be quicker with those adjustments um, later it, later in the season for sure and I thought our boys played good up front defensively speaking I um, I thought they were really physical and um, I really like a couple of them that Latou kid um I can't remember what year he is off the top of my head, but I thought he played really good. I thought Clay played really good. Um, I think they all kind of had, you know, great plays um, by themselves. I think they were all pretty even numbers wise, which is, which is good. I thought Corey Black played awesome. I think he's going to be extremely helpful. He's a, he's a dude for sure. Yeah. I thought Corey Black, Black played outstanding, you know, not only, um, uh did he do such a great job in the special teams, you know, with the blocks, but he's just that lockdown corner that it's going to take one side of the field away. And, um, you know, he, he's done that now uh, pretty consistently for a couple of years. And uh, I just thought he was, he was outstanding. And uh, hopefully, you know, we, we will be a little more, uh, perhaps a little more creative or make some adjustments, run some ad additional stunts. I don't know. I know we were, we played a lot of base defense uh, and, and that's fine, but it is somewhat concerning that they can line up and run a, um, you know, just an outside zone play and, and have so much success or a little flare pass, you know, the back out of the backfield. Uh, it's, you know, something we're, we're all going to have to watch and, and hope gets better. I will say uh, when central Arkansas got into the, into the the score zone there and we got into some four-man front i thought we looked very very good um out of the out of the four-man front 
Yeah, no, I would agree. And really, really, really kind of knocked them around and pushed them yeah. back. Yeah, no, I, I felt like um, that front put them on their heels and, and allowed us to really be, to be physical. And I thought, um, I thought we, that was when everybody really um, shined defensively. Um, I also think defensively, we didn't have a ton of help in the, um, in the secondary. I, I don't think that Kendall, I think Kendall Daniels will play better than that. Typically speaking, I think Colin Oliver will play better than that. Typically speaking, I, I don't know if he, he came out for a while and I'm not sure um, what that I'm, was. I'm about. not sure he didn't, he may have gotten tweaked. I, I noticed yeah. that too. And I, 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 at least I, I saw some significant numbers of snaps in the, uh, in the second half where he wasn't on the field. And I know, I know that happened a little bit with him last year, uh, you know, when they were getting getting him some rest. And and some people certainly argued that he needed to be on the field more than he was. I don't I don't know if he maybe got dinged a little bit or or was still having some adjustment to that to that position or not. But I just I know I didn't see as much of him uh, as I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, I do. I think that will. I think we'll get better than that of him through the rest of the year. Same with Daniels. Um, but I think we do. I think it's, you know, I think it's a typical first game when you look at it as a whole. I think we, it's one you walk away from and you're, you're happy that you got a dub. There were uh, three other teams in the big 12, not as lucky, um, which I, I did say. I was going to say, are, are you, ha are you happier that you're, I mean, you're happy that you're not Baylor. You're happy that you're not Texas tech. And you know, uh, and certainly not TCU. And and I'm telling you, I, I try not to be a give it up to myself guy. But I have been saying ever since the second the University of Colorado hired Coach Prime that that was a genius move. That mm -hmm. it was going to put them back on the map immediately. It did in terms of recruiting. They went out and got some four and five star guys. They I don't know how long it had been since they signed a five star kid there. And uh, I, I just thought they looked that first of all, that was an outstanding opening college football game to get to watch. Yeah. If you didn't, you know, if you didn't yeah. care about the result, it was just massively entertaining, but, mm -hmm. uh, but, but he has, he's not only going to make Colorado respectable. They're, they're, they're an they're instant contender. They're a, yeah, they're a problem. I mean, that's, that's, that's the TCU Horn Frogs were in the national title game. If anybody has forgotten that yeah. and Colorado just went and took one from them at their house. Yeah. Um, I bet they, I know they've got, they play Nebraska at home, Colorado does next Saturday. And I bet that place will be rocking. Oh, they're, they are going to be Rocky mountain high in Colorado. Yes. I yeah. assure you. If I wasn't, and, uh, if I wasn't somewhat close to pushing out a, a baby. I'd, I'd be trying to trot my way up there just to watch it. Cause I think, I think they're going to put on a show every game day. Well, I think they've been excited and, and, you know, excited about about his home debut anyway, would have been anyway, even without the, the TCU upset. And now it's just going to be uh, it's just going to be amped up that much more. And 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 we've already had an opportunity to see Nebraska. And, and, uh, and you know, and let's be honest, you know, I don't know how many years ago that, that Nebraska left the, the Big 12, but they haven't been heard from since. Right. Totally. I also think maybe Coach uh, Gundy and Gunner could take a play out of Coach Prime and his son's handbook, maybe for um, some hypeness um, or swag, if you will. Um, they seemed, I don't know if you caught the post-game interview with 
him and his kiddo who's the starting QB at Colorado, but um it was pretty it was pretty cool and they were pretty hyped up for each other. So um that was that was No, I, I didn't I didn't catch the interview, but I, I know I know that Coach Prime has never lacked for uh mm-hmm. swagability. Yes. Certainly. Yes, yeah. That he's got that in and then some for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I am happy to, I'm happy to not be TCU, happy to not be tech, um, and happy to not be Baylor. Unfortunately, I'm not happy that we don't play any of those three teams this year. Um, cause it might have been an, an easier road than I thought it would have been. Yeah. How about that? A little kind of a sort of set the schedule on its head. Everybody had been, uh, I think the people that have have jumped on the the over six and a half wins that Vegas was predicting for Oklahoma State. One of the reasons they jumped on it was, uh, well, Oklahoma State's got this easy schedule. They've got the four new teams, you know, coming into the to the league, and then and then TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor all get beat, and and Cincinnati and and UCF. I mean, they lit it up. Now they 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 not only won, but they won uh you know handily and uh, i think byu did as well i don't remember what their score was yeah. but yeah so now all of a sudden it looks like maybe maybe you didn't get the better end of that scheduling yeah which seems pretty on brand for us if i'm being honest feels like that's typically how those <laughs> things go for us little little unlucky now it may be you know again it's it's week one and yep, and i haven't really examined the strength of of anybody's opponents um all those you know Clearly, clearly you didn't expect uh, to see Baylor or, or Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech was a, a maybe a, a two-touchdown um, uh, a favorite in that game, and I think Baylor was a significant favorite as well. Yeah. Uh, the TCU deal isn't, isn't as surprising just because Colorado has, you know, yeah. athletes now uh, instantly. Instantly. Um, yeah, you know, Dad, we could talk forever about the craziness of college football and everything that happened this weekend. Um, but I think we got to go ahead and get ready for ASU on Saturday. I know you're taking the trip out there. Um, you're not taking your seven month pregnant daughter, but that's fine. Um, but you are. I, going. My, my understanding is that you can't fly this close to to the end. Fair um, enough, fair enough, fair hey, enough. Hey, listen, if it makes you feel any better, it's only supposed to be about 113 out there on game day. <laughs> that would that does me. I will sit here at 9.30, way past my bedtime, in the AC and watch it from yeah. my couch. But if any of those listening um, can make the trip, uh, make it. Um, Arizona is a great place. There's a lot of other things to do as well. Um, but that it's going to be a late one if you're not if you're not in Arizona. Seven thirty Arizona time, I believe. Nine thirty Oklahoma time. So um, it'll be a late one, but hopefully a good one. And hopefully we'll figure out some more stuff. I feel like I'm almost just as curious as I was seven days ago. I I don't think we got a win, which was great. Uh, I I don't think we got a, a lot of answers and. And that may have been exactly what the coaching staff wanted. You know, they they may wanted to play enough of it close enough to the vest that that they had ASU scratching their head about exactly what was going to happen and who was going to do it. And yep. certainly we didn't, you know, we didn't put out any big blueprint for the rest of the season. So we have that going for us. I, I, the Arizona State game is going to be huge. They've got a really, really fine 
athlete in, in their young quarterback. I, he came out and looked fantastic early in that game. I think they jumped out to a 21 to nothing lead and then had to hang on and win 24-21. So, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, you know, the, the the later parts of the ball game didn't go as well for them. But Right. They're, they're talented. Uh, that, that kid, um, I can't remember his name right now, but he's a, he was a five-star recruit. Had lots of opportunities to go lots of places. Uh, I think a lot of people with all this NIL stuff going on had heard about a kid who had committed to Miami and was promised uh, a multi-million dollar NIL mm-hmm. deal. And then that fell through. Well, this is the kid. And so when that thing did mm. fall through, he ended up at Arizona State. Now, I don't know if if they had put together a pretty substantial, you know, NIL package for him or not, but um, their head coach is the former offensive coordinator at, at Oregon. They know they know a little bit about uh, offensive football at Oregon. So mm-hmm. Cowboys will have their hands full uh, this next yep. weekend, no question. Yeah, it will be a um, a good testament to see um, where we're at. I, you know, I thought that was – this past week and and it and it was but i think even more so next week um with a little bit bigger of a battle ahead um with their talented team so i'm excited um i'm ready to watch i'm gonna have to you know drink a mountain dew pretty late or a red bull to keep keep me up that late but i will do it for the pokes um you got anything else pops no uh just that it's you know it's good to be it's good to be one and oh um it's good to be one and oh can't win them all if you don't win the first one. That's right. We're on track, right? Just how, That's just right. like we planned it. That's right. All right. Well, that was Orange Power Half Hour. Um, we'll be back next week. Go Pokes. Go Pokes.